Welcome to the PB&J Podcast. This will not be televised. Whether you agree with us or not, we invite you to be curious, become empowered, conduct your own research, and gain personal confidence with the goal of improving your overall health and wellness. For health topics and questions, we encourage everyone to consult their physician to discuss the best care and treatments for their personal situation. Hello to all our listeners. And welcome back to PB&J Podcast. This will not be televised. Today's subject, we have we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to discuss about medications, prescriptions, and the pharmaceutical industry. Unfortunately, we can't do it all in one episode. So we're going to break this out in different episodes. But today, we're going to get started on understanding, a little bit of understanding of prescription drugs in the U.S. marketplace and some of the side effects of these prescription drugs. There's close to about 6,800 prescription medications that are out there on the market, as well as countless over-the-counter drugs that are available. And and that includes, when I say over-the-counter drugs, that also includes um, vitamins and herbal teas and herbal medicines and so uh, when I say uh, over-the-counter drugs just don't think about you know aspirin and or, or Tylenol and uh, Benadryl but also think about vitamins and herbal medicines as well so each year in the United States alone 7,000 and 9,000 people die because of medication error. So what is medication error? And, and, and you may have heard the term and may have heard it in the media, but what it is is that there is no uniform definition for it, but the National Council of Coordinating Council Medication of Error Reporting and Prevention defines it as a preventable event that may be caused or lead to inappropriate medication use uh, or a patient's harm while the medication is in the control of the healthcare professional, the patient or consumer. So it, it is a, it's almost like having medication that is not specifically prescribed correctly for a particular patient, depending on the patient. So when you look at the number of deaths, 7,000 to 9,000, that die because of a result of medication error. It makes you wonder about, you know, what medications you're taking or what over-the-counter medications you're taking. Well, let me tell you, the, the total cost of hospitalization and aftercare of patients with medication-associated errors exceeds about $40 billion each year. Um, the major consequences of medication error is... Um, it leads to a decrease of satisfaction as well as well as this growing effect on the US population of their mistrust or distrust of the healthcare system. Um, medication errors are most commonly uh, occurred during the ordering and the prescribing stage, like when you're your doctor gives you a prescription for medication, you take it to the pharmacist, then the pharmacist actually tries to decipher the, the doctor's prescription in order to give you the right medication. And a lot of times the healthcare provider is writing the, the wrong medications or the wrong dosage or the 
dosage frequency that's required for that particular patient. Um, uh, there was some data that was done and they found out, and, and this is that was reported by nurses as well as pharmacists, that anywhere to, from between 30% to 70% of medication uh, has been in error. The ordering of prescribing the medication was in error. Um, this is a problem and it's a lot, it, uh, it's preventable, but at the same time, it's nothing that's being radically done to change it. So uh, let's look at, uh, you know, anything from, you know, what happens at this point. Uh, you have, there's uh, different causes for medication errors, such as the product may have expired, um, even in your, on your shelf, you know, within your cabinet, your medicine cabinet. Look at the medication itself and see what's the expiration, even on your vitamins. Um, now, I know a lot of herbal medicine and alternative medicines don't have expiration dates on them. But also, if you can kind of keep a running track of when was the last time you ordered it, that too may have expired or there has been a certain amount of deterioration of that product. Um, also, the preparation of the product. You know, there are, are different compounds that are put together and a lot of these prescriptions and medications. Um, and so understanding that there may be an error in the, in the preparation of that prescription, as well as the strength of the medication. Um, I had a, a woman who told me about her doctor giving her a prescription because she was suffering from migraine headaches. And when I looked up the, the name of the prescription, well, the, pro the, the drug itself, um, her doctor was prescribing her too much based on her age, the amount of, of uh, the frequency of her headaches, as well as her size. Um, and so I suggested that she talk to her doctor, go back to her doctor, talk to her doctor, because she was also having other problems. She had hives. She ended up breaking out all over her back, ended up going into uh, to urgent care and they shot her up with some antibiotics to try to get rid of the hives. But she had suffered for so many days that you have to wonder, you know, was this medication causing it? When she went followed up with another specialist, it was in fact the medication that was causing her to have these outbreaks of rashes and hives that were covering her entire body. Um, and so they took her off the medication. It was one doctor needing to talk to another one. And, and I think Jay has some information um, that she's gonna share about, you know, the communication in the healthcare profession between doctors and specialists and your general practitioner and how this information is transferred or not transferred uh, trans to other, you know, to other healthcare providers. Also, there could be no unknown or known uh, allergens that are in the medication that the, the patient may not be not familiar with or even the healthcare provider may not have in their healthcare records that this patient may have have, have some sort of reaction um, to a certain type of medication that is or compound 
that's contained in the medication that they're prescribing. But there's also errors in pharmacists. You know, let's. I'm not going to take them out of the equation, um, but the pharmacists usually have to use some sort of judgment or, you know, uh, when they're given a prescription, that's all they're given is the prescription. And so they have to you put on their own lenses to figure out, is this the right, uh, is this the right dosage for this patient or is this the right combination of drugs or they'll see something in their system that shows one medication that may interact or have an adverse effect on another uh, medication. So, you know, they have, they're limited in the, in the, the amount of information they have. So they depend on the healthcare provider to give them the right medication. Also, you know, there has been problems with pharmacists not being able to read a physician's handwriting. And so they have to, sometimes you may have heard that pharmacists had to call the doctor just to verify what is on the prescription or what is being, you know, prescribed to this particular patient. And that's another error. Uh, and also distractions. Um, and I'm going to put this on the healthcare providers because, you know, come on, physicians have a lot of duties. They have many duties, um, examining patient or ordering laboratory work, you know, studying images, speaking to consultants, kind of like talking to the patients, talking to patient family members, having conversations with insurance carriers. Um, there's a wide void on within a, a physician's office. He may not be handling some of it, you know, directly. He may have staff that's doing it, but at the same time, he's also, you know, in a position of operating a business. And that's what it is, is operating a business. So there's a lot of many different uh, factors that he has to deal with, and a lot of many tentacles and, and duties and responsibilities to go along with him being a physician, whether he's in a hospital or whether he's in his own practice. So it can be, of course, you know, not all distractions can be eliminated, um, especially in the practice of medicine. So in a attempt to get all these things done, there may have been a mishap on the, on behalf of, you know, the doctor made uh, in writing a prescription or, or trying to, to eliminate a problem. Uh, or medical situation, or diagnosing a disease when it comes to uh, their patients. And like I said, uh, there, there's so much that goes on in writing these prescriptions. Um, you know, does the doctor have knowledge about the, the liver and kidney function uh, of the patient? Is, is, you know, uh, what is, is there any uh, other known problems that the physician, like, okay, I'm gonna give you an example. My, my father has a general practitioner as well as he has a cardiologist. Now his cardiologist, he has a, um, he's able to, you know, function very well uh, with the cardiologist, but at the same time, 
the cardiologists and the doctors supposedly are interacting with each other. And I say supposedly because they're using notes. They're using that electronic health system, right? Which means that they are required to put in the information of a visit on that particular day so that everybody within his healthcare circle understands what's going on with him at that current time. But not always does this happen. The cardiologist will call and say, well, what medication is he on now? Well, don't you see it in that, my reaction, <laughs> don't you see it in the healthcare, the electronic health record? And it's like, well, we just want to make sure that's the excuse because they cover, I know they cover for each other. Everybody knows that they cover for each other. And, you know, they, they try to work within the, you know, to make the patient or the, the family members of the patient feel at ease with the services that are being provided. Okay, but sometimes I have to make sure that both have the information at the same time. Not only do I call his general practitioner, but I call his cardiologist. My dad has pacemaker. And so uh, with him, he doesn't have to take medication for his heart. However, there are He's because he has a pacemaker, he has a monitor attached to his heart. So there, there's a bleep or a dip or something that that registers on the system, on the main computer system, that my father may be having an episode or something. It may be something, it's nothing, it usually is nothing that he's doing, but it could be an interact, uh, a reaction that he's having from uh, medication. The problem is that a lot of people don't report or let others know if they're feeling ill as a result of some medication they may have just taken. So I, I don't want to go too deep, but I just wanted to give you kind of like an overview of what medication errors are and how they happen. And and like I said, there is there's things you can do uh, to avoid this, you know, and, and that is to do your own medication management plan to actually have a plan where it actually, uh, says, and you can go to uh, the Agency for Human, uh, Healthcare Research and Quality, which is ahrq.gov, and then slash patient-safety, and they have a form on there, it's called the, the Medication Management Strategy. In that form, it asks you, it, it tells you you can list uh, the different medication, the times of days that you're having. Also, you can put in there comments like if you're having a reaction or you're feeling ill uh, after taking a medication because it may not be, you know, a lot of times they say, well, I'm getting older or it's because I have this disease and it's getting worse. That may not be the case. It may be the medication that's actually the problem. And so we have to kind of do our own investigation as well as we have to become engaged actively to participate in a home health care. And so Pam, Today, I'm going to let you take it. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to touch on some of the things that you've already said. Um, mm -hmm. First and foremost, you know, the, the reason we have this podcast going is because we want to motivate people to, to take charge and to not be afraid to ask questions and to, be curious about everything having to do with healthcare because evidence shows, and, and 
uh, Pam and I have worked in a healthcare-related occupation, although we're not healthcare professionals. I, I think we've seen enough to know that um, you, you really have to take charge, just like you said, uh, whether it be medication management, uh, writing a diary, or just asking a boatload of questions. There really isn't any other choice because if you put your hands, if you put your your health in the hands of others, there's going to be a higher risk of of things happening. Um, I've seen it with my parents. Uh, Pam has seen it with her parents. We've seen it with um, colleagues. We've seen it time and time again, and it's not a fluke. It, it really yeah. isn't. No. And so um, when you were talking about medications and um, expiration dates and uh, formulations and things of that nature, think, think back, if you really evaluate what you're taking, you know, where, where did it start? Uh, where was it manufactured? Where was it put together? You know, what was the environment? Was, was it a cold environment? Was it a warm environment? Uh, and transportation, uh, was it in a hot truck? Uh, was right. it in the mail? Was it right. in? Did it sit in a refrigerator somewhere, or did it not? So you're you're thinking right. about, um, and people typically will not think about this. I mean, it's not something that's intuitive that you you take a pill and you say, "Well, geez, I wonder I wonder where this has been. Right. Uh, I wonder how long it was in a warehouse. I wonder how long it was in a mail truck. You know, if you get your medications by mail, which a lot of people do." Um, if it was formulated in a specific pharmacy where they, you know, a compounding pharmacy, for example, how long had those ingredients been on their shelves? Um, so there's so many factors that you just don't, you just take for granted. Uh, and so you really have to take charge and be aware and, uh, you know, ask questions and, um, all, all that stuff. And the same thing with, um, pharmacists, if you think about, uh, folks who go to different pharmacies. If the yeah. pharmacist does not have a record of somewhere, some other pharmacy that you've been at to get your medications, they won't see the the potential conflicts there. Uh, That's true. And and if you are uh, say you're feeling really crappy, I mean, say you, you you're just you know you're just feeling bad, and you go and you 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 go to the drive-in window and you get your medication. I mean, are you really, and I'm, when I say you, I mean me, um, are you really looking at the bottle to see if it's really what you're supposed to be taking? Um, because people do make mistakes. We're all humans, so we all make mistakes. And so you really have to pay attention. And if you can't pay attention, you know, maybe you have an advocate, uh, Pam, like you were talking about uh, helping your dad, just like I helped my dad. Um, but if you are alone, uh, you are, you're your sole person to, to figure it out and to take charge and to ask questions and be adamant. If you don't understand something or you think it's wrong or it's making you feel weird, you know, ask questions. Don't just blindly take it. And, and I say that out of, um, there was a, a medication prescribed to me by my uh, doctor um, for a particular, it was like an off, uh, what do you call it, an off... Um, generic. No, it was an, um, it was like prescribed for something else, but they use it for another symptom. Oh, okay. I can't. I like don't a, know what the name. I can't remember what that is. There's a name for it. And so right. I started taking it, and and I was like, wow, maybe this is supposed to help that. But in the meantime, I feel like I'm in outer space, and and I just <laughs> I didn't take it. And when I went and talked to my doctor about it, 
she just looked at me like, I don't understand. Why didn't you just keep taking? And I'm like, why would I? Why would I keep taking something that makes me feel worse than normal? Um, well, that's but he, true. That, but, yeah, and you're right. And that happens to that happens more often than not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, when you mentioned that, when you were talking about that, I remember years ago when my daughter was in uh, high school, and she was telling me she was having difficulty focusing and, and concentrating on exams and this is just all of a sudden happened you know who knows it may have been a hormonal for all I know so I figured okay let me take her to the doctor and figure out what's going on so they sent her to a behavioral specialist and ran this test and said that she had ADHD unspecified well at the time, I, I, I told them, I don't understand the unspecified part, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which means that they couldn't make a specific diagnosis. Sure. But this medication that they were going to give her was going to help her. She took it for about a week, and she said, Mom, I can't do this. I, she said, I just, I can't take this stuff. She yeah. said it just made her feel, it, 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 it gave her focus. But it was like coming down off of a hallucinated drug, mm, you know, yeah. and she just would crash. Right. And that only lasts about, so I told her to stop taking it. Yeah. And of course, she ended up graduating, you know, with good grades and, and had no problems getting out of high school. Right. And she's never had to take it since. But the thing is that, you know, we are subject. We are at the mercy. We put ourselves, I would say that, we put ourselves at the mercy of those that we consider to know. The experts, right? They're the experts. They, yes. they, you know, they, they're supposed to know their business. They're supposed to know what they're doing. And, right. and we are, just like you said, we're at their mercy. And, and I think so many people make assumptions uh, you know that well. Why? Why would they try to harm me? I mean, they're they should be looking out for me. Uh, but just right. like you said earlier in the conversation, um, there are so many factors that impact medication and its effects, and that includes how old somebody is, yes. um, whether yes. they have had a different diet recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, how old the medication is, uh, whether it's been over-prescribed. Uh, Not what, only that, but what type of vitamins are they taking down? Other things, other interactions by other things. And there are a lot of people who will not divulge to their doctors exactly what they're taking. Right. I mean, they're like, ah, should I really, should I tell them I'm taking that? Or I'm just going to, ah, I'm not going to. But some of the herbs right. and supplements that are out there... Yes. Uh, are pretty strong, especially when combined with things uh, having to do with cardiac issues, for example, uh, or, that you really don't want to take that chance. Right. Um, Including those that have neurological impacts. Oh, you know, yes, like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, cardiac okay. and neurological. I mean, those are big deals. And oh, yeah. so, um, yeah, the there's so many, so many factors to think about. It, it really... You know, for those who are not analytical and those who uh, have not spent their lives pondering and and uh, 
being philosophical, it might make you want to change a little bit, even if it, even if it means making a checklist, right? If you're not that way, if, if you're not naturally that way uh, for protecting yourself, make a checklist, if nothing else, so that you can carry around with you and ask those questions that need to be asked so mm-hmm. that, you, you know, you can make those decisions with some education and let healthcare providers, whether even pharmacists know that you're paying attention. You're right. not just blindly, you know, moving on along, uh, doing what you're told like a lemming. Uh, you are, you know, you're on top of things and you are, because I tell you what, and I think you've experienced this too, Pam, with yourself and with your uh, dad. When you start asking questions, you, you kind of see the uh, the alertness factor right. increase. It's like, oh, uh, right. they're asking questions. Uh, right, we're asking questions. I better I be think. prepared to answer because they're, it's like, no, no, I'm not going to go away. I'm going to continue answer, uh, asking questions until I understand. Yeah, and, and, um, and that's, that's the thing. And, and Jay, I remember this one doctor I had and Unfortunately, I'm no longer with him because I, I relocated and moved out of the area. But him and I would have these conversations, in-depth conversations. Because I, I went in his office when I first met him. I said, "Look, we're partners here, okay? This is, you know, and I hope you don't mind me calling you by your first name <laughs> because I'm going to treat you as my partner." It's my health, but I need you to help me to, to guide through this. And if I ever asked him a question or I told him about a drug that I saw or, or something I found, before we would even talk about it, he'd be on the computer in front of me. Right. Research, researching it. And so that's the kind of health care provider that I trusted. Because he listened to everything I said. Yes. But not only that, but he always followed up to do the research himself. Yeah. What a concept, right? <laughs> right. And right. Because really, in all honesty, they are our partners. Or they work for us. Let's put it that way. They work for us. We're paying their salaries. We're putting food on their table. I mean, think about your, your boss. You know, there's an expectation that they have for you to do your job. Jay, you and I talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> about more than their, once. Certain, yeah. yeah, right, about that expectation that, you know, they expect you to do your job and, and that's all you're required to do is, is do your job. And, and so we have to start looking at our healthcare providers, not only as our employees, but our partners in our own healthcare. Right, and, and I have to say this, Look, any individual that has seen me in a paper gown in my skivvies, um, I'm going to ask questions, right? It's like, look, I'm pretty vulnerable here. You've seen me like half naked, if not totally naked. So I'm not going to feel bad about asking you questions, right? It's like, like, look, I haven't seen this person in their skivvies, but they, boy, they've seen me. So I'm going to ask me some questions. I'm just saying. What they say, with the song girl, they've seen all of you. Yes, yes. So it's like, yeah, you've you've seen parts of me that a lot of people have not. And so, yeah, I'm going to ask you questions. So um, 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk uh, for a couple of minutes here on uh, prescription medications specifically. Um, people might, uh, I'm sure people have heard in the news about, you know, oh, you know, is that uh, prescription, uh, that medication been approved by at the FDA and, you know, you know, what's taking so long and what's the process and yada, yada, yada. Um, what I found was there are things called new drug applications submitted by pharmaceutical companies and they have to provide evidence that the drug has the effect it's supposed to have and that it's safe. And so that proof comes from testing the drug first in animals. You guys have heard about animals that get tested and then in humans. Uh, those are usually with clinical trials. So once the basic questions of safety and efficacy are settled, um, the FDA approves the drug. I mean, that's just a short version of what really happens. Mm-hmm. And so the question that, you know, Pam and I were talking about earlier and, and what we were trying to focus on for this particular episode is, okay, so this medication has got uh, a label on it, you know, tells you how, how much to take, when to take it. And then if everyone remembers when they go and get a prescription drug, it comes in, you know, the nice little paper bag thing with the, you know, stapled shut with your receipt on top. And inside there's like this really teeny tiny writing booklet pamphlet thing that everyone I think is supposed to read to identify all of the side effects and, you know, how this drug came about, and it might be, uh, might have Spanish language part of it too. But I can tell you personally, the, the many times I have looked at the, those brochures or, or flyers that come in with the medication, that's about as often as I've looked at instructions when I'm putting something together that I've just bought, which is not very often. And plus I'd need a magnifying glass to read the thing because the print is so darn small. And I can't believe that I'm the Lone Ranger with that. Um, And especially if you are uh, an elderly person, uh, I I doubt that an elderly person is pulling out that little flyer and, you know, getting out their reading glasses and sitting in their recliner and taking a look at it. They are relying, just like we said before, they're relying on the experts, our healthcare providers and our pharmacists to be giving us the correct drug. Uh, (laughs) and so we are likely, you know, taking our prescriptions into the pharmacy and having them filled without looking at the scrawl, by the way, on the piece of paper that the physician has filled out to give to the pharmacist. I've looked at many of those prescription pad papers and I don't know what they say. It's, it's all Greek to me. I, I, it's, it looks like it's hieroglyphics. So how that turns into a medication, I don't have an idea. Um, when you are sitting there talking to your doctor, I, I was trying to think back on all the medications that I have been prescribed in my lifetime, which is over 60 years, and how many times the physician has said to me, okay, now when you take this medication, you might fill in the blank. You right. might be sleepy, you might feel nauseous, you might be jittery, you might be extra hungry. I don't recall my doctors any time ever having that discussion with me, ever. Not one time. Not one time. And so 
you, you take this medication and you're you're assuming that everything's okay and you maybe you can hop in your car and you know drive to the store after you take it or you can you know whatever operate heavy machinery you go out and you know m- mow the yard or whatever you do with machinery <laughs> and i have to believe that if it's not those discussions have not happened with my doctors and me they probably are not happening with a lot of people again because we rely on healthcare providers giving us all the information that we need telling us those things those side effects so getting back to um side effects and labeling um on these labels um in in this article that i read and by this is from uh this is from webmd um drug side effects explained article uh it says all prescription drugs and many over-the-counter products must be labeled with a toll-free number the agency has for letting it know about side effects with drugs they are called adverse events I, <laughs> there is no time I have ever seen an 800 number, and nor was I ever inclined to call it and say, oh, by the way, my leg fell off after I got done taking this medication. Right. <laughs> um, especially if you feel, if you're, you're feeling bad and the reason the medication is to, you know, get rid of a virus or a cold or whatever. Right. It's like, or, or it could be treating a disease. Yes, or, yes. Or uh, something more serious. Exactly. Well, a medical condition. Yes. And so that's why I said people get confused. It's like they may think because of the particular medical condition or their age or the aging, you know, their aging, that that's why they're feeling so bad. Yes. Oh, yeah. You don't know. Gee, is it because of what I have or is it the medication? Right. I mean, and if you're feeling really bad, are you really going to get on the 800 phone number and <laughs> report that's not gonna happen it's like all i can do is get up and and make myself a cup of soup so they don't get dehydrated absolutely and then continue to take the same medication yes yes because we're treating something exactly right exactly and so get this i thought this was interesting i never knew this um i i looked in the uh this article had was from the ama american medical association journal of ethics It said, to avoid legal action according to the doctrine of informed consent, physicians must disclose enough information for the patient to make an informed decision. However, because informed consent laws and principles don't specify the amount of information that has to be disclosed, physicians might find it useful to know what they uh, might uh, typically disclose. They really have uh, the leeway of providing as much or as little as information little. <laughs> as they deem adequate. Necessary. Right. So mm-hmm. um, they're, they're required to provide general information about a proposed diagnosis or treatment and more personalized information about how the treatment might reasonably affect the particular patient. Truly informed consent may also require disclosure of potential risks associated with not seeking treatment. So, I mean, that was news to me. I, I, you know, and who, right, your average Joe or Jane on the street, do you think they're going to the AMA site to look up professional ethics for physicians about, you know, divulging, you know, about uh, medication and its side effects and and treatment? Um, And maybe there's exceptions. Maybe I just have really bad doctors. I don't 
Well, like I said, I had one. You had one, yeah. I had one. Yeah. And that's one in a lifetime, right? Right, right. Like, so, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and, and for those who have uh, seen um, the, all the, the countless commercials on TV about mm-hmm. medications, we're not mm-hmm. even going to talk about how much money is being spent on that. That's going to be in one of our other episodes. But all product claim ads, regardless of the media in which they appear, according to this article that I read in the FDA.gov website, must include certain key components within the main part of the ad, which is the name of the drug, at least one FDA-approved use for the drug, and the most significant risks of the drug. And so, again... Um, it just says the most significant risks. It doesn't say all of the risks. Right. <laughs> so, well, right. what is what the heck does that mean? That means I have to read that really small print flyer that comes in with the medication to, to get all the details. Um, and you know what? Really, Jay, I think we, 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 we've come to the point that we have no other choice but to, to start look, doing that, to be more diligent, to... Because when, when I mentioned that there's over 68,000 drugs, mm-hmm. prescription drugs on the yep. market, and it's still, to the, at this very moment, there's hundreds more that are entering into the market. Yep. You know, if we can't keep up with our own health, how do we expect somebody else keep up with, I don't know, so like somebody who has 60 patients or 100 right. patients? Yep. You know, how can we expect them to keep up with what's going on and all the new changes in the drug laws yep. when they're they're already operating, you know, juggling multiple responsibilities? Yes. So it, it really falls on us. Yes. It does. And, and that, you know, again, part of the reason why we, we have this podcast is to get people to to, to take charge, right? To, to be curious, to, to ask questions, to be motivated, to, you know, want to take care of themselves because you just can't rely on everybody else. You really have to, um, like I said, if you're not naturally curious, if you're not naturally comfortable asking questions, make a checklist or have somebody go with you that is like that. Um, if you are not, and, and I would say, you know, the elderly, have, it's good if they have an advocate to go. Uh, I know with my dad and probably your dad too, and my mom before she passed, um, she never asked any questions. She just assumed that whatever the doctor said was a-okay and she was good to go. Um, even if she took medication that was just making her feel terrible, um, she just would not would not ask questions so and that's unfortunate yeah so let's wrap this up thank you listeners for joining jay and i on pb and j podcast this will not be televised and we look forward to talking more about prescription drugs and and medications in in our next segments it may be a couple more segments because we have a lot to discuss like i said um, and, and so that you have a better understanding of, of how you can take control of your life and your health. Uh, from PB&J, we wish you love, happiness, and good health.